What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Friday, June 8th, I believe. That's right. June 8th, and you guys are listening to episode number 65, and for the second week in a row, this is two two consecutive guests. I have another special guest with me. Um, very funny dude from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm out here performing in uh, San Antonio, and I, you know you don't know who you're going to be working with. And uh, met the dude, really funny, good dude. Um, wanted to get him on the show, and uh, he's here. Originally from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, comedian uh, Ryan Dalton. Thanks for being on the show, dude. Uh, thank you. And uh, by originally, you mean I still live there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just. Yeah, 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 yeah. You still live there. Well, you're welcome for me being with you this week. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, I thank you for having me on your podcast because we don't have cable and there's no TV to watch. So this is how we're chewing up the clock right now is doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a comedy condo that we're in, which is something I really try to not do. Um, a comedy condo means basically... Every comedian that comes into town to work at that particular comedy club does not go to a hotel. They stay at a at a, an apartment that the comedy club owns. Some are horrible, um, but we lucked out this time. Here's why: I was telling Ryan I was here two years ago with comedian Paul Bond. The lows were 91 degrees. The highs were 103. There was no air conditioning in this apartment, which is on the seventh floor with the sun beating on it. There were no TVs in the room. And there was a carpet that looked like somebody was on their knees with a highlighter for an hour, just fucking lacing it up with, with a highlighter. I wasn't going to stay here. Uh, I didn't know who the comedian was. and Nor did I care because I just knew how bad this place was. They did do some renovations. They cleaned it up. They made the bathroom much better. They put new carpets in. They painted the place. There's a TV in the room. The air conditioning. It's ice cold. Definitely livable. You'd say livable. Oh, livable. Livable. Uh, now? Yes. Not great. Not great, but I did not complain when I walked in the door. Right. Now, if I would have walked in and saw it be in the same condition it was the last time I was here, we were going to hotel, hotels.com. And it and was gonna... splitting a room. <laughs> to, <laughs> to have less privacy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, so we're, it's it's doable. Uh, Ryan's a sports guy. He's a movie guy. He fucking shoots the shit, drinks, talks comedy. It was all good. We met. And we we're like, okay, you know what? We can do this. We could be roommates for a few days. So that's what we're doing here. Um, what do you think of San Antonio, man? Uh, the city, I like it. I mean, we're we're right. We're we're nestled deep in the hub. Deep. I mean, we're right next door to the Alamo, pretty much. Uh, we're, right. we're right in the thick of the tourist area of it. I like it. It's cool. It's got touristy fun things to do. You got your Riverwalk. You got your Alamo. Uh, it's cool. It's an old, old city. Uh, it's, uh, it represents a lot of the things in Texas like bad eating and horrible fashion. And uh, <laughs> we've seen a, both of those things. Oh, have we? And uh, I, I like it. I mean, um, outside of, I mean, you'll mention this. Uh, there's some hefty people walking around this uh, hot climate. Oh, my God. This is, um, yes, we, uh, I'm almost positive when I was here two years ago, they told me that San Antonio, Texas was the seventh, okay, seventh fattest city in the States. I am here two years later, and I have found out that they have moved up in the, they have moved up in the ranks. They are now the third fattest city, 
And you said something that I, you know, we both said this. Uh, I, I think it's hilarious. I tweeted it and you said it and we didn't even know we said it together. So true. How the fuck can they be fat? It's a thousand degrees. It's, it's, it's like being fat here. I, I'm not a big sweater. Yeah. I, I was mentioning, I'm not. My wife will tell you that. I'm not one of these guys that pours and drips sweat. I'm lucky. I don't know if I don't have a fucking gland under my arm. I'm not one of those fucking dudes. I walked two blocks and I was like, holy fuck, like my brow yeah. was fucking bad. It is, people, this is hot. Okay, this is oven hot. This is walk out of the AC and go, holy shit, how do you survive hot? I sweat like my father. I have like the obvious, uh, the opposite effect, like where my dad will bend over, pick <laughs> something up, and by the time he's standing up, you can see that, that one sweat bead going down his eyeglasses that drips into his mouth. <laughs> And that's, I know exactly what you mean. It's so disgusting, but I've become that. So it's like I'm ruined anytime I even walk out. Like walking to the actual gig, and it's not far away. It's what two and a half blocks away, you'd say. By the time I'm there, I'm like I got to take off a, a shirt right now, or I'm just going to be disgusting when yeah. I get on stage. Yeah, you know what's funny? One, my brother too. My brother and a couple of people I know. Like you have the friend that just like looks like they jumped out of a pool. Yeah. Like in the summer, you know, I I wasn't that guy, thank <clears throat> God. But here, this is really no joke. Um, this is no joke heat. And, and it's it's actually scary, you know, health-wise for these people because, you know, we're kind of joking around and making light of the heavy people here. But these people are really fucking fat and unhealthy. And this is all Tex-Mex food down south here in Texas. This is all, I mean, we went out for a drink last night and I didn't do it because the night before I had some drinks. And I didn't want to, you know, not when I'm on the road and stuff and I'm able to sleep in. Uh, especially with two kids, I don't want to have that fucking hangover. So I just got a regular margarita. But Ryan's buddy uh, came in from Austin, and they heard about this margarita that has a, literally a beer sticking in it. This thing... Dosecki, it was a 32-ounce margarita with a uh, regular uh, glass bottle of Dosecki upside in down it. in it. Yeah, so it was $19, which is an expensive drink. That's even expensive for New York, you That's know? a very expensive drink. $19 yeah. drink is expensive, but you're getting money's worth. Yeah, you're getting 32 ounces of the original margarita plus the additional, what, I'd say what, a 12-ounce bottle? Is no, that no, how? that was a legitimate That was a legitimate bottle of Dosecki's yeah. just poured upside down yeah. in this 32-ounce margarita. So you basically got the drink and the beer, and that, it, it kind of worked itself. Still a little expensive, but it was more economic to do that than get the margarita that you got plus the second one well yeah well let's look at it like this the Dos Equis be six bucks by itself on its own yeah six five six bucks five six bucks for that and then 32 ounces of margarita it was like 17 or 18 bucks on the menu for the 32 yeah. ounces so you're getting it you're getting, yeah, yeah. It, was a good, it was a good deal and it got you nice didn't it yeah I felt I was really feeling in a very comfy place when I was done with it uh, <laughs> Um, so, you know, the eating down here, the drinking down here, it's hard to live here and be, listen, if you live here to be in shape, you got to really work at it or just stand outside or like try to just eat grilled chicken and, and not get a fucking 18, 18 gallon margarita. I think I've, I've come up with a theory that the air can, you notice like since it's so hot, we'll go inside somewhere and it's freezing yeah it's not cold or comfortable no it's, it's, it's like i'm freezing now so what happens is these fat <laughs> people get huge and then they store themselves in these meat lockers yeah it's like yeah it's hanging meat yeah yeah that's no i just got an iced coffee from starbucks and it wasn't cool in there no it was I, that's fucking, why i said i'm gonna wait outside oh, i'm like it is freezing i can't it, go in there it was it was one of the coldest rooms i was ever in you could get pneumonia here <laughs> yeah. dude this is the weirdest 
the eating and, and climates here and indoors, outdoors here, it really is, it, it is unique. I will say this. I like San Antonio. The city is beautiful. Um, I was goofing on the river walk because, folks, I got to be honest. You know, I'm from New York. I'm from the Northeast. When I hear river, I think Hudson. I think, I think something where, I always say this, a river is something where I always would look at my buddy and go, dude, you, could you make it across? Can you swim yeah. across? This is a fucking, it looks like a dirty little stream that's sometimes calm, a little rough. It's green. And on stage last night, I was goofing with the people. I called it a long puddle. But it, it's, it's, they have little rafty boats in it. I will say this. Very nice. Um, I'm, I'm doing that a lot. I'm saying I will say this. Yeah. And then I say it. Mm-hmm. But I could just say it yeah. without saying sure. I will say this. Because it's going to happen. Right. Um, no, I think the restaurants down the river are, are beautiful. I think that where we were sitting last night having a margarita right there, it was nice. It wasn't that hot at night, so it's been pretty cool. But it's not a river. It, it's, no, it's, it's, a, a, it's a man-made canal. That's the great way. To, it's a man-made canal. That's exactly what it is. Um, but you know what? I had a killer uh, fajita. or Yeah, I had a killer chicken fajita, and it was pretty simple. It was just you know the way they do it. You had uh, – oh, oh, Ryan told me about something here. Just to put into perspective the fatness. Okay. This is... He goes, dude. He goes, you got to check out this deep fried potato salad. Now, I've talked on the show many times about how I'm on a diet. I've lost like 10 pounds and I'm kind of hovering around keeping the 10 off, give or take two. And we were hungry after the first show. Um, First show was insanely light, almost got canceled because apparently last week... The Spurs games canceled two shows. This week, we opened up the weekend here with an elimination game for the Spurs. But we ended up salvaging and having a show. Afterwards, I'm hungry. And he goes, you got to try this deep fried potato salad. Folks, I go into this place and he goes, get a side of it. Don't get the full thing. I was like, I don't want a full thing of potato. The last thing I want late at night is a full thing of potato salad. Let alone one that's called deep fried potato salad. So... I get these little, what were they called? The, the, I got these brisket little, it was almost it's like a, a brisket taco. I got like two brisket tacos, nice portions, very easy. They were basically like big tortilla chips with some brisket on it and some, you know, lettuce, tomato, onion. Good. But I had to get the deep fried potato salad. Here's what it was. It was a cup of chopped up diced potatoes, okay, with some kind of insane sauce melted cheese throughout the cubes of potato and then loaded on chunks of bacon all mixed in this fucking thing and it was unreal it was so good it's yeah. euphoric yeah like it's a euphoric taste when it hits your mouth when you eat certain things and it tastes that fucking good i've talked about um on the show um lobster mac and cheese oh yeah really good mm-hmm this was up there with a similar type of taste to, holy shit, is this fucking delicious. So yeah. you called it, but you were right. Uh, anything more than a side is just pure gluttony. I mean, right? Right. Oh, yeah. If you got two sides, that's uh, that's a meal. You wouldn't be able to walk. You'd have to sleep for a good three hours. Uh, just, yeah, It was, but it was delicious. So I would say all in all, here's what you do if you come to San Antonio. Get a nice hotel and make sure the air conditioning is totally on and you will... Uh, See nice things, cool things, the Alamo, the Riverwalk. You'll eat like a pig. You'll have a good time. Um, so I really got nothing bad to say about this place other than I wish I was here in the fall. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> it's, a thousand, it's way too hot. Okay. Um, 
I gotta just say one story. I gotta tell one story before we get going here with some of the you know some of the segments we have. Oh, by the way, I didn't even tell you this before, so you're gonna have to go do this on the fly, unless we stop. Actually, we could stop it, but you know what? You're a professional. Um, I do unacceptable for the week. Okay. I do an unacceptable for the week, All right. which can be anything that you find just fucking. Why did that happen? Why would this person do it? That's totally unacceptable. Somebody that's you know pissing you off in you know in a store. Someone that's inconsiderate. Somebody that you know. And we do that at the end. So just think about one thing that's a really fucking pet peeve. It could be comedy condos with no air conditioning. Whatever. You just think of it, and we'll talk about it at the end. That segment we'll get to. Okay. We'll get to the plugs at the end. So so we're gonna get into this. But I didn't mention this, and the Verzi effect, um, Verzi effect listeners uh, have to have to hear this story. Um, my, my mother got my son, my three-year-old son, a fish, which he could give a fuck about, okay? He, it was one of these things, hey, if you're a good boy, you're going to get a fish, Lucas, you're going to get a fish. Yeah, totally, like, doesn't even look at it, doesn't even know the fish is there. Doesn't even know what a fish is. Yeah, could, could give a fuck. No, he knows, he was like, oh, fish, yeah, and then the fish was there, done. Okay. So she comes in with this red beta fish. Right? You know the little fucking beta fish yeah, right there? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, they has got to be Combined by the score. They got to be alone and shit. So... He gets one, and my wife and I are like, all right, he doesn't care. What are we going to do with this fucking fish? Where are we going to put it? Who's going to feed it? What's going to happen? So we kind of were lazy with it, and it just was in a bowl. Just was in like a little bowl, okay? Now, we have two cats, okay? Um, Stanley and Thomas are two cats, real brothers. And Thomas is a big cat. He's a 20-pounder, and he smelled something. He knew shit was going down. He was like, there's a fish here. I got to find where the smell is. Stacy calls me upstairs and says, Paul, you got to come in here right now. I come in there, bowls knocked down, water all over the rug, oh. and there's a little red fish flopping around. No, no, this story, folks, this story is actually, un- this is unbelievable, dude. This is unbelievable. I, I got I to gotta fucking, I can't wait for your reaction, okay? And I pick up the fish. I'm like, is he fucking dead? He's just sitting there like on the rug, motionless. I get a cup. I throw him in water. Boom. Fins start going. I'm like, all right, he made it. We put him in another stronger little thing. I'm waking up to bang, right? Glass everywhere, smashed everywhere. The fish is flopped, because I took the fish and I took him out of my son's room into a bathroom where the door was always supposed to be closed. Apparently the door wasn't closed. I wake up to, my wife and newborn are downstairs, okay? My daughter, they're downstairs, bang! Glass everywhere, little red fish flopping around a little, not even a centimeter of water and glass. I'm like, fuck. I get him in something. He's living. I'm cleaning up stinky, smelly water. <laughs> there's fucking glass everywhere. All, all, the, all the same time, my son could give a fuck that, this yeah. is even, that there's you even try a fish. Trying not there. to step in the glass you can't see that's covered by the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and, the and worst. I had a vac. And no, no, but, you know, a comedian waking up to a, a, a shattered thing at 8 o'clock in the morning is, you know. It's a heart attack. It's, a, it's fucking ridiculous. So, like you said, water, I got a vacuum, I'm doing shit. My son's at daycare, doesn't even know there's a fish in the house anymore, and I'm trying to save this poor fucking fish. Right. Right. So after the third time this fish was out of its water, flopping around motionless, I put this fish back in to water, and he's alive again for the third time, and I said, that's it. I got to take this fish to Petco. I got to save this fish's life. <laughs> this is fucked up. This one cat. And the funny thing is one cat leaves him alone. One cat's like, ah, you know, he's fucking. The, one, one, the other cat's like, no, this, I'm going to eat him. So I'm going to take this cat to, I mean, this fish to Petco or something. I forget to. 
It's a nice day. We take my son to a yacht club to look at boats. I forget to. My wife says to me, well, looks like the cat finally got the fish. The fish is gone. Okay. <laughs> I think, I think. No, 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 dude. It gets, it gets, this is nuts. The fish is gone. He's in the cat's belly. It's over. Just make sure I look around. I look on the floor. I look behind the toilet. I look everywhere. There's no fucking fish. Cat looks content. Cat looks like, yeah, I got my prize. I got my goal. So I'm like, all right, that's it. Felt bad. Actually felt bad. I'm going, you know, it's my fucking responsibility. This fish's life is on me. Okay? I was supposed to take the fucking fish to Petco. I didn't. I got lazy. This is fucking horrible. Right? right? I should have done it. I didn't. Four days goes by. Four days goes by. And my wife, there's a, there's a humidifier, like a, a humidifier for my son's room if he gets a stuffy nose, okay? And uh, you'll know all about this shit when you have kids, okay? But there's fucking, they get sick every minute, you know, humidifiers and shit. My wife goes, uh, the cat keeps trying to get into the dick, keeps hitting the humidifier. Can you move the humidifier? And I move the fucking humidifier and there's the dead fucking fish that was just laying there motionless in this humidifier and I'm going fuck so I moved you mean in the water basin it was in the water basin of the humidifier it was it was I don't know see this is the thing I didn't see it submerged in the water and if there was water in this humidifier it was very little okay but I see this little red curled up thing that was a dead fish and I'm going fuck well I guess it did and the cat that's what the cat was trying to get to he's trying to get to the dead fish so I'm like, fuck, man. Well, I guess that's what you get. I had to take care of it. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to take the fucking fish and I'm going to flush him in the toilet. Folks, I pick up the fish in a fucking, in a, in a uh, paper towel. And I'm like, I felt a tiny little fucking like kick. And I'm like, there's no fucking way that he just did that. So I'm taking him and he accidentally falls on the toilet bowl seat. Uh oh. Motionless. So I'm like, oh, he's definitely dead. So I'm like, there's no way he's alive. So I go to grab him, and he's kind of like dry, and he kind of skids next to the thing, and like a couple of gills kind of like scrape on the toilet. And I'm like, oh, he's definitely dead. Yeah. So I lift him up to go in the toilet, and he starts fucking squirming. No fucking way. Dude, four days. So I go, there's no way. He's got to be dead. Maybe it's just my fingers thinking that maybe the little bit of dampness, maybe the little bit of dampness is like what I feel. Right. I go get a fucking solo cup, a Dixie cup. I put an inch or two of water in it. I throw the fish in it. Both fins start moving. This motherfucker is alive. He's alive. Now, this is the only explanation for this. When the cat went to kill the fish the last time, the humidifier has a hole a little bigger than the size of a quarter. This fish fell into that hole. And somehow, without being in water, like laid his body in a little bit of water for four days. This is like a concentration camp story for a fish. This This is like the horror movie (laughs) where the chick finally gets away. And just as she's about to get away, like somewhat how like a friend of the murderer picks her up on the side of the road and brings her back to the horror house. This this is such a good story. I'm so glad that my listeners get to hear this. And I saw the reaction of your face. This is not, I didn't make this up for like, oh, maybe I'll just say to fish. No, no, no. I was down because I go, I fucked this fish's life up. I didn't take responsibility. This fish was waiting. This fish by some miracle. So now I told my wife, we have to do something special for this fish. Okay. This is like, this fish has got nine lives. 
Okay, this fish... Like, if this fish is going to be like an old man in a nursing home talking about back in his day the hard shit he went through. Like, this fish is like... It's like living in the projects, getting shot at, you know... Lost a brother like this. This is this fish has had a fucking story. Like his day is ninety percent death. Yeah. Like what are you doing today? Avoiding death. (laughs) Uh, First of all, think about this. This my twenty pound cat looks big to me. Oh sure. Imagine how this fucking thing must look a big. And I'm talking. My cat is big. How it looks to this little tiny red fish. It like yeah. Like you said. What are you doing today? I don't know. Trying to avoid a hairy monster murdering me every second. Like we have to put him in a drawer. We have to actually, so what I did was, I went to Petco, and the first question I asked at Petco is, listen, we've had some attacks on this fish's life from our cat. What can you do? We don't take fish. We're not going to take the fish. All right. Do you have a, a snap top? Fuck, I need a snap top, you know, thing. And it has gravel. Now he's got a tree. So he's out of a Dixie cup. He's out of like a solo cup. He's out of all the shit that we had him in for a couple of days. My son doesn't even know there's a fish, like I said. So I got him this thing. It snaps on top. It's got some gravel. Now he's got a little tree. That's a suction thing. I even put some purifying thing in there. He's got some new flakes, you know, and he's in this cabinet with the door closed. Cat can't get him unless we totally fuck up. Right. And even if the cat got him, there's a lid on the thing. So he's got a chance to survive now. Um, It was just one of the most incredible things. I just hope... I mean, if if the, if the cat find, and you know the cat's prancing around, prancing around the house like I'm still gonna get him. Your cat, I'm surprised your cat hasn't ordered cartoon rockets from Acme to get this thing. This thing could be like an animated series. Yeah, this is like a real life cartoon. That's totally. a good point. This is like a real life cartoon. I could write this right. and do an animated series with this red fish that just moved from both. And the cat's walking around like with like uh, yeah like blueprints. Yeah. Like all right, if I get up on the toilet, it's like a Mission Impossible. But the fish was alive after days, and and I and it was funny when I said when I saw it, the way it flopped on the toilet, the way it landed in the humidif in the, in the humidif- was it meant to live? Like you think of, I know that sounds crazy. This thing has had hits on its life. What's funny is like with each incident, it's gone from like low security prison to now <laughs> now it's in supermax, and it only gets to see daylight once every ten minutes when you feed it. Oh my god, surveillance cameras Yeah. the cat. No, you, that's so true, but I gotta be honest. I'm not one to say, actually I do believe in things, dement and shit, I do. But the way that this fish has been motionless on rugs, has been flopping around next to glass. I found him on a rug and didn't know how long he was there. Put him in water, he swam again. Makes this, you think they're evolving. This is like... This is like the Tony Montana. Remember, like, at the end of Scarface, he was just taking 18 bullets and going... Like, I think the fish was just like, fuck it. Bring that cat. So, that's the fish story, everybody. Um, And it's real. The fish is alive and well. Um, I will keep you on updates if there's another attempt on his life. This is like a mafia saga that will be an ongoing thing on the podcast. Um, What's the fish's name? My son keeps naming him something different. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why he's lived, because it was just, yeah, I don't know. For now, Fish will be <laughs> yeah. his name. Yeah, he's a, he's a red fish. He's got like a scar. He's you know? shark bait. Hoo-ha-ha. He's a, yeah. He's got a scar and everything, so, uh, so I'll keep you guys updated. That's the fish story. Now, um, 
Wanted to talk about my guest here today, uh, comedian Ryan Dalton. Check him out on Facebook and all that stuff. We'll get to the. We'll get to. Ugh, the, finally. Ugh. Yeah, we'll get to the. Uh, yeah, sorry, you were no, like. I'm kidding. No, that was you, actually a good story. I like I, that no, story. I, I, I believe me, I wouldn't talk about a fish story if it wasn't fucking good, because uh, it could get ugly really early <laughs> in the story if it wasn't. Um, Ryan has actually done something uh, recently really cool. As some of you may see, and I'm sure you have seen it, because um, if you're watching any of these NBA playoff games on uh, TBS or TNT, same thing. Um, you've seen uh, the ads and the commercials for a uh, new uh, sitcom. And congratulations to comedian uh, Steve Byrne, who um, I actually I, I know through other friends. Like, it's one of those things. I never worked with uh, Steve. Actually, I, I might have met him once, but um, he's on the sitcom Sullivan and Son, which is going to be uh, happening uh, next month, premiering next month on TBS. And uh, Ryan has known Steve, worked with him, and you actually got a uh, not only a a scene, but a a, lot, a, a speaking role. Yeah. Uh, in the in the sitcom, congratulations. That's Thank awesome. You. I appreciate. It. Uh, you were saying that you were a. Can we say what you're? You, you can we say what you yes, are? Yes, absolutely. You were a cop. I'm a cop. You're a cop. Officer in, Dan. You're a cop, Officer Dan, and you have a line. Yeah, a couple lines in the you're, first episode. One line in the fifth episode. Look, you're like, no, no, dude, don't fuck it up. <laughs> two, two lines. Okay, two lines. Don't fucking don't ever short me those five words. Um, so this is a question we wanted to talk about, okay? And this is what, what um, you know, because on the podcast I've talked about acting and how comedians and acting and sometimes it clicks with them and it's easier, sometimes it's more difficult because we're, we're so who we are to be something else is hard. Right. Like, like Carlin and, and, you know, Seinfeld was never really a good actor. Chris Rock's admitted to not being the best of actors. Um, but then you got some who could just totally fucking do it because of their stage performance. What I wanted to talk about with you was, because I asked you, I said, what was it like to do that? In, with a live studio audience there, and how nervous were you? So, so go through that because you only had a couple of lines, and I said, "Were you nervous?" And you were like, "Extremely." And then I wanted to know about performing in front of a live studio audience that's right there with other actors. What was that whole process like? Well, I guess the thing is, I got a, you know, I got the opportunity. I found out I get. Uh, I, I always thought he'd call me and be like, "Hey, you want to be an extra in this episode?" I'd just be a background guy. And I just only assumed that was the case, and I was happy to have that. You sure. Know? Are you kidding me? That's just an, a huge opportunity. Well, then he calls me and says, "Hey, we got a line. We, we got a uh, we got a character. There's a couple lines. One of them, you get a laugh." Now, as a comic, that's all I care about. Sure. I want to get a laugh. So I got excited. I'm like, "Wow! I get to play a cop, and I get to dress up like a cop, but then I get to get a laugh." A laugh. Now, I get there, and it doesn't hit me until I see this cast that's on this show. These are people that do this for a living. Now, historically, whenever I see an actor on television giving their opinion, I immediately just say, shut up and go play pretend. You know, because I don't want to hear it. But on the flip side of that, when I'm around them, now I'm intimidated by them. Because all of them have... Credits have been in multiple movies. Have had multiple. They've been in theater. This yeah. is something they do for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm walking into their world as some schmuck comic who was playing crackers in Indianapolis in front of thirty people. Yeah, and now I'm here pretending right. to be in their world. <laughs> right, right. When I and I'm seriously, I'm so out of water. I'm, but I'm trying to play it like you know, fake it. The whole time I'm thinking, I'm waiting for like the director to go, how is this guy here? I mean, he's not an actor. Why did, why did you get this guy? Yeah. I mean, I, I have that's a legitimate yeah, fear. Yeah. Can we get this guy off the set? Please? Yeah. Like, that's our mindset. Like, who is this? Yeah, I I'm totally understand that. Frightened. I'm totally frightened. And uh, so, you know, and then even through rehearsal, here's another thing. Like, in comedy, we have our own, we have our own uh, I guess, 
words for what we do, our, our, our bits, you know, writing chunks of material, punchline. Right. There's a million other ones I'm leaving out. But for the acting world, there's a million more of those, and I don't know any of them besides cut and action. Right. So when they say certain things, I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Should I be doing something? So I have to basically whisper in this co-star's ear like, what the fuck do I do right now? I don't know what this guy's asking, you know? Because I don't want to be called out or yelled at by the director. You know, right, right, right. So I'm I'm legitimately frightened, and then rehearsal comes around where you run through the script. Now there's no pressure; you can. Fuck How many up. times did you run through your line? A fucking <laughs> thousand, man. Because I didn't have the script until I got there that day. I don't even know what I was saying. Right, right. You know, because it's such a bit part that I don't need to be part of the table read or anything like that. Right, right. Um, but when I get there, I'm like, all I have to do is deliver this line, and I f- I feel like I'm the king of the guy who gets to the finish line, but then trips over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, do it, do it, do it, do it. So we get to rehearsal, and I remember I walked in the first rehearsal. They ran through the line. By the time it got to my line, there's a huge pause, huge pause, because I didn't realize it was time for me to say my line. I had no clue, and I could see like I'm looking in the eyes of Brian Doyle Murray, Brian. Uh, uh, Bill Murray's brother wrote yeah, Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm supposed to speak right now. And I don't, uh, am I forgetting my line? But I, I delivered it. But then they kept going. Because in the rehearsal, there's no, they'll get, you'll get tips and stuff like that. Nobody's out to go, listen, cut. So you, you were late it. on the line. I was late on the line the first but, time. But it was a rehearsal. Yeah. So and it didn't then we matter. rehearsed it like five more times. Okay. So then by the time, end of it, I got it good. It was just kind of like getting the timing of everything down. Sure, sure. Wow. Now how and and how was it? And the studio audience is there during this? No, no, this is just rehearsal. Just rehe- okay, so so they, then the people come in. Yeah, the, then there's two tapings. First taping is like they run through the whole thing in kind of one take. If you screw up, they'll start over, you know. But you, the goal is to get this all in one take and get the immediate first reaction out of the audience. Uh, so we get to my scene. I deliver the line that has a laugh, and I thought. The way it was written, I thought that the laugh was going to come at the last part of my line because it's like a three-part joke thing. Sure. You know, you get your laugh on the third part. Right. Whereas the way it's delivered, it sounds funnier on the second part of the line. So now in my head, I'm like, oh, I get it, man. It's just like a joke. You just wait. Once you get that laugh, sit on the laugh like you would at any any comedy show. Right. And when they die down, deliver the last part. And it all fell in. It all, it all fell in, you know. So when we did it, when we taped it the second time after... And they tape it in front of another studio audience, but every scene they do two or three times. Right. You know, uh, I could deliver it, and I could deliver it with confidence and feeling like, oh wow, I really fit into the scene. That's awesome, man. So, so now when you did it in front of the live studio audience, were they like just out of your head? You didn't even care? Uh, no, because the, once the thing is like, one, I mean, the thing that we both have in common is we do things for laughter, and if if you've set up for you to say something that gets a laugh, we. Both of us know how to respond to that. We don't. Right. You don't want to step on the laughter. That's what you work so hard for. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it, and then go on to the next thing when it dies down. Right. So I, I, I knew how, I, out of experience of being a comedian, I feel like that helped me just deliver that line better. Sure. So guys, when you see the episode and you see a cop talking, uh, that's uh, Ryan, and uh, that's really fucking cool. And you know what? You know what's even more important than that? Uh, not only. Like you said, if you were going to be an extra, that would be cool. But now that you have a line, that's awesome. But what's really cool about it is this is really good experience for later. Oh, no doubt. You know, no um, doubt. It's, good. it's good experience for later. It, you, know, you, know what to, you know, you know what to expect uh, the next time you're going. And, you know, the same as you. Um, I spoke about this before. Performing a monologue in front of other actors is so fucking scary. Oh to me. God, I just it's got the shivers a, thinking about it. Yeah, it's so scary to me 
where well, I'll go into a comedy club tonight and I don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? Like, we just go and we do what we do and, yeah. we, you know, we, you know, we, we, it's us. It's a one-man game. It's, it's our joke. It's our joke. It's our creation. Yeah. I can say whatever I want, you know? You don't um, rely on the people around you. No, no, and, and nothing is scripted, you know? If somebody, you know, says something that you don't like, you could go back and say something else, you know? Um, like, you can't just break off in, in script and do that, you know? I... I told what were you, what were you, I just saw you you had a uh, funny no it's just it literally is that that's I think the main difference oh Com- okay. comedy it's your you're everything you don't have to rely on bouncing off anything off anybody and right. it's just you but when it becomes a team sport and you only not, you're a golfer as opposed to a yeah. baseball player yeah it's uh it's it, it's scary oh yeah yeah like uh, last night I told the crowd that I was Greek and Italian and, and you know I had a great show I had a great time and yeah, one guy goes funny. one guy goes um, who cares or something I don't care that you're Italian and I, just, <laughs> and I just and I just like and he was like really participating in the show and laughing but he just was drunk and at the end he goes he just said who cares and I just stopped and I go fuck you and I just started making fun of him you know I said that they were going to fuck their pickup trucks and that they were fat and they were fucking rednecks and you know you can't do that when you act you can't have the luxury of just going, you know something, I'm going to go off script here because I feel like something. And you yeah. can't. So, you know, um, I think comedians are so comfortable relying on themselves. It's just us out there. And um, going into the acting world. And plus, it would freak me out if I was on a set and I saw, like, De Niro. Like, think about a new actor. Think about that. <sighs> Think about a new actor who gets an opportunity and their agent goes, hey, man, I got you your first big role. Okay, nobody knows who the guy is. The guy's, you know, doing it a couple of years and his first big role. He's got a speaking scene with De Niro. That's like puking a week before. Right. I mean, you're standing next to fucking Michael Jordan of acting. Yeah. And you just have to fucking go toe-to-toe with him first. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, it's, it, that is a frightening thought. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't that on... Uh, what you did, no, but, but it was still, it's still, you have a line to deliver. You got to deliver it the right way. I'm, a, I'm a big deal when it comes to acting professional. You know, like sure. I think, in, I think we should all act like we're professionals. You know, absolutely. And, and no matter what industry you are. So when I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who make their living doing this, yeah, as opposed to a guy who won the lottery and got an opportunity to do it once because right. his friend was nice enough to give him an opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm intimidated. I'm intimidated. Right. But you nailed it. Yeah, and uh, luck, I, I got lucky, man, and the producers uh, asked me back to do another episode. But this time it wasn't funny. I just had to arrest somebody. But still I obsessed because I had to use handcuffs. Did you talk? Yeah, did you talk or no? Yeah, I did. My, it was one line. It was, uh, I think the line is, Melanie Sutton, you're under arrest. And then I cuff her. But handcuffs are something I haven't ever used before. So you had to practice with Yeah, them? so I bashed my wrist. I had, my, my wrist was black and blue here because I was repeatedly doing it like like a, an obsessive compulsive, just slamming the wrist on my wrist against the cuffs because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get it right in one fluid motion. Wow. Because there's still timing and jokes that are going on and you, wanna, you don't want to mess up the timing because you're fiddling around trying to put cuffs on. Wow, wow. Yeah, no, I dude, I totally get it, man. Yeah. I, I obsess about so shit. Much. Yeah, no, dude, trust me. I, like I would bleeding I would be the point. same. No, I would be the same way cuz um like you said, you want to be professional um in, in somebody else's world. It's it's really, you know, uh I might fucking have an ex- like if 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 I'm ever lucky enough in this business to get like into movies and shit, like I'd have an anxiety attack on the first big one probably. Either that or I would like lie to myself and act like I was fucking, but it would be really it would be really fucking it's going to be awesome though. It's it gonna, uh 
Yeah, I mean, dude, it, it, let me. The only way I can compare it to is remember those times. Like, I mean, you said, you, I mean, you did Carnegie Hall, and you you relayed that story to me about how nervous you were. Oh yeah. But you don't get nervous for that when you go up on stage to stand up in New York. You don't get nervous or when the you're River just, Center. Oh, yeah, or the River Center. You don't get that kind of feeling. Right. You know, people always ask us before we go on stage or, or after we get off stage, man, do you get nervous going up there? I don't really get nervous. I get excited because I love doing what I do. But I don't get nervous. There, that was like one of the first times I was getting on stage nervous. Like I was like at the cold chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to make a fool out of myself. There, Zero confidence. You know what it is though? This is the thing, okay? We feel and know the magnitude of something that's career changing. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a very good statement. That that's exactly what it is. So, Carnegie Hall, you know, it's not a movie or a show, but it's Carnegie fucking Hall, and it's three thousand people in the most famous stage, and I can't fuck that up, especially for my friend who's given me the opportunity to open for him there and believes in me enough to be there. And I knew that after that show. Plus, I also know how much industry's there. Okay, you're going in front of executive producer Vince Vaughn, who's sitting right there. Okay, you movie stars, TV stars. You're in their world now. You got to deliver something, and this—you know—you're gonna be on a sitcom, on acting in a sitcom. I don't give a fuck if it's one line or one word. You're acting in a sitcom. You're flying out to Los Angeles. You're going to Warner Brothers Studios. It's a big deal. Your friend's giving you an opportunity. You want to fucking nail it for him and make him say, "Oh man, I picked the right guy." It's all the same thing. So the magnitude of the moment, we know, and that's what we put on ourselves. And you know what? The the fucking real professional ones, and, and you know, d- deliver. Yeah. I, uh, I, I didn't even think about that, but I, that's one of those, the other part of the, where I was worried. I'm like, God, I hope I don't blow it and Steve's embarrassed. That's what right. I Right. Well, you know what I mean? Like these, these, you know, listen, in, in everybody's help, Eddie Murphy has helped Chris Rock. Chris Rock, I heard, has helped, I heard this, I don't know if this is true, I heard Chris Rock helped D.L. Hughley, I don't know, and I don't want to put that out there if it's not true, but I know Eddie Murphy helped Chris Rock. I know that. So you're talking about two, but what happens is, you work with people in this business, you treat people with fucking respect, and you get good, and when people see that you're good, you get opportunities, whether it's from a friend or not. When you get good, you get opportunities. When people like you and think you could deliver, you got to fucking do it, and you got to deliver. So that's awesome, man. Congratulations. I hope the show does well. Me too. Um, TBS really, just is a- for Steve, because he's worked his ass off to get where he is. I mean, he's one of the hardest working human beings I've ever met. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I, and I've heard that. And I remember seeing Steve running around New York City, you know, going from club to club, and, and that, that's what it takes, man. Uh, you know, that's why we're sitting here sweating in a fucking condo in San Antonio uh, to perform at that fucking place. But, um, you know, and it's great working with you, man. You're a funny dude, man. Thank you. You're uh, very funny as you, well. You know, it, it's uh, it's a good time, and, and uh, fuck it. We got five more shows. Five more shows. Five more shows. We've been here for like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I'll just say this. It doesn't, we don't need to be in San Antonio from Wednesday through Sunday. They need to cut it down. <laughs> I, I, I love doing comedy and I do love the city, but stop it with the fucking twenty Wednesday people at a and Sunday show. I don't yeah. stop it. So, yeah, I you mean, you can't be making money. You cannot be making money. Yeah, well, you know, we got actually lucky. The one thing that I'm happy about, well, we both. This is what it was. There was such a good chance of a cancellation on Wednesday because of the Spurs elimination game that it got to the point where when we knew that there might only be eight people, we were like, well, fuck it. Why don't I just give the tickets, you know, or, or like, then it was like, you know, you know what? Let's at least get stage time and get the first one under our belt. It was only 15 people the first show, but that was, you know, that actually, whatever. But I hear what you're saying. Wednesday through Sunday, away from the family, I actually have to fucking go home and then two days later, not even, fly to Atlanta. Um... But also, uh, Ryan won the uh, World Series of uh, Comedy 
competition, which is uh, a reason why he's here and going to a ton of different, ton of different comedy clubs. So uh, we'll get into the plugs after. But congratulations to all this stuff, man. Keep up the good Thank work, you, man. and I hope, I I hope the show. Uh, no, man. You know, I was, you know, uh, watching. You know, it's funny. You watch a comedian, you could just tell. And you know, what was funny. I've been doing this so long now. When I knew you were like, fu- like funny was before before you uttered one word when he just announced you the way you walked up and like addressed the crowd I was just like this guy's a pro this guy's been doing it you know where you, you could see can't you just see sometimes yeah well yeah there's no nervousness there's no there's no sense of urgency I guess you well that, that say. yeah it wasn't I even... noticed that when I see people who I think are like diff, maybe haven't done it in a longer time or something there's no rush to get to the first joke right you know right. if you've got that 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 presence or, or yeah. that ability not right. to be scared, then you definitely have some season. Yeah, yeah, you could just tell. But um, no, it's been a, it's been a really good show though, and I think uh, it's only going to get better as uh, as the weekend progresses. Um, all right, guys, I'm going to get into the sports section here. We're at about 40 minutes in, so we're going to get uh, close to wrapping this up, and then we're going to go see this movie. Um, so. Uh, you guys heard me and Chris Lamberth talking last week. He was my guest last week. We were talking, um, and we got a pretty pretty much heated debate about LeBron James. And also, I said I was sticking with my prediction of OKC. I, dude, I called it. I, uh, you know, I almost bailed out. Like I said, I almost bailed out when the Spurs went up two games to none. I'm going, oh shit! You went public, <laughs> talking shit. But I said the home team needs to lose before I could really make my final decision. OKC comes back and ties the series at two, and I said if they go there and they're tied at two, they could steal it. They fucking stole it, and then they won in six, and I cannot see anybody beating uh, Oklahoma City. I cannot see anybody beating OKC in a seven-game series. Um, You're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Yeah, diehard, man. Uh, So I take it that you have... um, Animosity towards uh, the one they call LeBron James. Yeah, I watched uh, the game in a in a Cleveland bar that was full. And if you would have walked in off the street, not knowing where you were, you would have thought, "Oh man, look at all these Celtics fans." And no, it wasn't. None, nobody in that room was Celtic fan. They hate the Heat so much that they'll root for a team they don't like to beat the Heat, and you, and they will cheer for them like they were. It's honestly <laughs> for a Cleveland Cavaliers fan watching the Celtics play the Heat is like watching cancer play AIDS. Right, right. It's fucking, it's terrible, but there, we have nothing else to root for, so we have to glom on to other teams to avenge us. You know what's funny about avenge that? Avenge us? What? Cle- Cleveland is actually supporting sports apparel for every other team oh, totally. except the Miami Heat. Totally. That's so funny. Somebody that lives in Cleveland's closet has like Wizards, Knicks. Like yeah. <laughs> Dude, last year, t-shirts were made that said Cavericks. <laughs> the Dallas... Cavericks. Yeah. Get it? No, no. That's, that's um. you know, listen, I talked about it a bunch of times. I will say this. What I saw last night, I will say this again. Um, this kid is unbelievable, though. 45 points oh, last night. He's a minimum. He's a minimum boy. He's, yeah, he really is. 45 points last night, 15 rebounds on the road, and he had to look like, yeah, we're going to the finals. I just, It's going to be an absolute epic final. If it's okay, and I'm not going to count out the Celtics yet, because the Celtics are well coached with good players, but they got to go in there now, and they got to beat Wade and James with the finals on the line. I think that that's going to be tough for the Celtics to do. I think the game the Celtics had to win was yesterday. I really do. Yeah, and I, th- I think they know it too. I think they know it. I think uh, the look on the faces of the Celtics last night was like this is going to be a battle. I believe that, um, and and you know what the beauty about this podcast is, 
It's documented. I said weeks ago. Weeks ago. It's going to be. <laughs> You're oh, so proud of this. I am. Oh, you know, trust me. When you have the I friends, think- that, when you have the friends that I have with the shit talking of predictions and you're nuts and you're wrong. Um, I think Oklahoma City is going to beat the Heat in the finals. But See, I predicted they would go to the finals, but that's the difference between predictions. You have the balls to make the game prediction. That, yeah, that's yeah. a bigger yeah, yeah. bragging right than just going, oh, well, so what? Okay, see me. They were good. You yeah, know? yeah. No, I... But if you say within a game, yeah. that's fucking tits. Yeah, I, <laughs> thank you. Well, I I got to be honest, though. LeBron James' performance last night, and we just saw the highlights. Oh, God, that it was looked, horrible. That looked so unbelievable that I'm like, I don't even know. If, if he plays... Put it this way. If LeBron James plays the way he played last night in the finals... It's going to be tough. And 45 points and 15 rebounds in, a, in, a, in an elimination game is such a big statement. On the bottom of the screen, it said the last player to score 45 points and have 15 rebounds in an elimination game was Wilt Chamberlain. Dude, it was like it was the it was the basketball equivalent of when Forrest Whitaker went off against the visiting team in homecoming at Fast Times at Ridgemont High because <laughs> they fucked up his car. His <laughs> Jeff Scullin was hiding it. No, I mean, listen, I I think that. The Oklahoma City Thunder had such a hard game against the Spurs in that elimination. The Spurs were up 15. I said, this is going to be their hardest game. And they found a way. They were down 0-2 in the series. They found a way to win. I think LeBron James and them are going to fall short to Oklahoma City, man. I do. And um, unless LeBron James turns into what he did last night. So it's going to be uh, entertaining. Um, I could give a fuck about baseball still. I keep saying that. <laughs> I haven't watched any games at all this year, dude. I, I don't know what it is. I just I don't know what it is. Like Yankee. Games. Are you like this every year though? Because I feel like Yankees fans have a luxury in that at least you know they're going to be good. They're not going to suck ass. They're not going to fucking blow it. They're never right. going to be a low tier team. Right. So you have the luxury of going. I'll catch up with them. They're going to be fine. And then you know I feel like that. You have that going on as a Yankee fan, whereas the Indians, if we get on a streak, we got to pay attention to what's going on. Right, right. Well, you know what? It's it's almost it's it's as much as it's great, it's almost a curse because it's just like okay, which playoff round are they going to blow it in, or are they going to do it this year? <laughs> I guess that is like, funny. I've been so spoiled as a Yankee fan that I've been at Yankee Stadium with the Yankees winning by four runs. Yeah, going man. Hopefully, they, hopefully, you know. Maybe Baltimore will tie it and we'll hit a walk-off to make this exciting. Like, that that's how – think about that. You want the other team – I've been there and go, maybe maybe they'll if, – if, all right, if they get two runs now, it'll be close and maybe we could have, like, an entertaining – it's like, why would you – why would you even think like that? That's how much they've won. But I, I could care less about baseball still, maybe when the NBA is over. Um, I think the Manny Pacquiao fight is this – is tomorrow, isn't it? I, I don't know. Ah, man. I want to – Fucking rush out after the show and see if we could catch it. There was a time when I was like, "Yeah, boxing," but ever since uh, like Ultimate Fighting, it's just absorbed their sport. Oh, you're I you're an Ultimate Fighting fan. Not even. It's just it's to the yeah. point where it's like, I'm so irritated with boxing. I'm like, you can't figure out a bigger fight than every two three years, and fucking UFC has something that's going a every great, weekend. That's a great point, dude. I mean, you can't figure dude, it out. That's a great great point because boxing I like better. Boxing yeah, is way sure. more tactical. Okay, it's two man. You can only use your hands. You know, there's something about UFC that's funny to me that you could just run at some guy, kick his knees, punch his face. Like it's basically a fucking full out free for all. Any fighting tactic right. works. You're slapping a guy's face against a bar. He's bleeding. People are screaming. It's it's fucking crazy. It's a caged. You know, like caged animals that have to survive. But your point is great. Every weekend, people are going nuts because the best of the best are fighting and. 
boxing has to wait for like a year or two to even see if there's a chance Manny Pacquiao is going to fight Mayweather. Let's just call it what it is. That's what we all want to see. But they, they're going to keep fucking putting no, it off. No, it's bullshit. And here's the thing. If Manny Pacquiao loses tomorrow, that Mayweather-Pacquiao fight dies. So, and they were saying, oh, Mayweather's not going to watch the fight from jail. I just think... <laughs> I just think that Pacquiao needs to beat this guy up tomorrow, and the boxing fans need to either fucking have this fight <coughs> scheduled or boycott. That's right. it. I want to see the next fight, Mayweather. Mayweather coming out of jail. Like, you know, Pacquiao saying he's going to take it seriously. The HBO, you know, 24-7. Pacquiao, Mayweather, already, you know, $50 million on the line. Two of the best fighters in the world in their prime right now. Make it happen, because if they fight when they're old men, it's going to suck, yeah. and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see this fight in five years. Mm-mm. No, I, I don't want to see. Yeah, if it's like age 41, 43. I don't want to see that. I'm not going to watch it, and I think everybody should boycott it. Um, but you know what I'm going to try to do? We've got two shows tomorrow. We've got an 8.30 and a 10.30. going to try to see if there's any bar around here that'll either that'll play it or maybe replay it or something. Right. See. Um, all right, so that's going to pretty much wrap it up for sports. Uh, movie section, unfortunately, uh, the last movie I saw was The Dictator, and I talked about it. I thought it was really funny. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, go see it. Dude, fucking guy's hilarious, but I already talked about it. Um, Ryan and I are going to go see Prometheus. Um, Prometheus. Probably in, uh, probably in like the next half hour, 45 minutes. Um, so I will be reviewing Prometheus on episode 66 next week from Atlanta. Also, I think that, I think from now on we're going to do the Verzi Effect podcast on Fridays. Just because, for some reason, it always ends up on up on Friday anyway. So I'll make that final announcement next week. Thank you for all the downloads. The numbers keep to uh, keep increasing. I got overseas listeners. You guys are awesome. I got the first batch of T-shirts, which nobody wants to buy. So I'm apparently gonna fucking have to hand them out unless they're already a fan. But um, you know, I got those. They'll be available for sale online for my listeners that are all over the country. And please keep the uh, not only the downloads coming, but please keep the comments coming. On um, on iTunes because I appreciate it. Um, unacceptable for the week is up to uh, Ryan. Whatever he wants to riff about, whatever he sees that he doesn't like. So you have the floor, sir. Um, I guess the easiest one would say um, we need to get back to service because every restaurant we've been to in San Antonio, I, I swear to God, consistently uh, the worst service ever. Great call. Dude. I mean, it's like it's almost like we're in Europe and they hate us. But that's not it. The one that gets me is, it's common courtesy. It's it's pretty vague. I was in LA, I had a coffee, about a grande sized coffee in each hand, but they didn't have the little cardboard wraps. So they're fucking scalding my hands. I'm trying to get out this glass door. Perfectly clear, I'm getting out. Now, you, if you're walking in and you see a guy trying to get out, what is, what's the first thing you do? A guy trying to get out of a door? Yeah. Open it. Yeah, that's just fucking knee jerk reaction shit. Yeah. This cute girl sees me. I have two, obviously, I'm, and it's a heavy door. It's like the door downstairs that you have to run against to open. And, I, and, and this girl literally watches me as I throw my whole weight against it, trying to maneuver out. Doesn't even fucking lift a finger to help me. It's so bad. The people who are standing behind me are going, looked at the girl, and go, are you fucking serious? Wow. And she just walked right in like nothing happened. That's I, I, dude, I wanted to spill one of the hot cups of coffee in her face. You know what? You know, yeah, absolutely. And that is unacceptable. You know what um, I find interesting? I've been doing, um, this is episode 65. I've missed the unacceptable segment maybe three or four times. So it's pretty much been a staple of this show, the unacceptable. The majority of them 
I mean, I, we've had some funny ones. Like, I did an unacceptable for, you know, which Nancy Grace's face is unacceptable. Not, <laughs> and that was just the end of the fucking segment. Uh-huh. So there's been some funny quick ones. But the ones that really get people going, and even me, it's, it's, it's always common courtesy. It's if somebody's in front of you at a store, and it goes to show that more and more, it's not happening. We've been to, what, three restaurants now here. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times. That's another thing. These people don't come up. They don't refill your drink. You're sitting there. you got to fucking hail them like it's a taxi. You're waiting. Um, and it's ridiculous. And you know what's more unacceptable about that? It's a tourist attraction. Yeah, that's what's weird. Like, these people are flying in from all over. There's a million, like, uh, Fortune 5. This is the most Fortune 500 company conferences in the country come here. To, to San Antonio, and you would think that these people on the river walk, and this is on the river, next to the hotels, they're taking forever. T- and I don't mean like, oh, just because I'm an East Coast fast paced. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're no. From good. This is a. I used to wait tables, dude. I know what service is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's not one of these, well, he's just being impatient. No, I'm not being impatient. And, and this isn't, like you said, it's not the shitty diner on the desert highway in the middle of nowhere. We're in a place that gets lots of tourist dollars. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's it is it is unacceptable. And then and and you know, the lady when when my tip, you know, I always want to tip twenty percent. Always. A, you know, you always got to tip twenty percent at a minimum. But I got to tell you, some of these places, I'm just giving twenty percent. Yeah. I'm just giving twenty. I'm not yeah. going more. Well, you don't have to. And I'd like to, the most. Well, you know something. If somebody's really good, I like to do more. I like to go twenty five or thirty percent if they're really fucking good. Yeah, but you got to bring it. And I'm usually twenty percent's good all around. You know, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. But, I mean, come on, man. I didn't get my water refilled. You're right. Unacceptable. The holding the door is just bad parenting. Oh, I want to kill I mean, that's just... I, that's... I'm angry now. <laughs> that's just... Fucking bitch. <laughs> I, was, I was in L.A. for maybe 10 minutes. I was like, this fucking town sucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not a fucking fan of L.A. But, anyway, I fly in, get out, you know. Um, all right, we're going to do plugs. We're going to do plugs now. So, um... um I am here at the River Center Comedy Club. Uh, two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. Um, all those shows are eight. The, the weekend shows are eight thirty and ten thirty, and then we have an eight thirty show on Sunday. And then next week, I am opening for the legendary Dom Herrera at um, the Punchline in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so you could check the schedule for that. And then I will be headlining Foxwoods uh, Casino, oh, Comics at Foxwoods uh, Casino in Connecticut, um, July. 5th and 6th, and I will be there with Adrian Apolucci, who's hilarious, so come out to those shows, um, and please follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi, that's at Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I, keep downloading, keep your comments coming to iTunes, and um, thank you so much uh, to my guest, what plugs you got, buddy? Uh, next week I'm going to be at the Great American Comedy Festival in Nebraska, Lincoln and Omaha, Nebraska should be a good time. Um, follow me on the Twitter at, at Ryan Dalton. Uh, if you want to go, uh, if you want to learn more about Ryan Dalton, just Google Ryan Dalton. That's all you got to do on the first page of Google. That's as far as it's gotten for me. But yeah, let's go ahead and do that, and I'll be coming to a town near you soon. I promise. You got a website? TheRyanDalton.com. TheRyanDalton.com. Uh, good dude, funny dude. And uh, great guest on the show. Um, really, really, uh, really a great guest in the Verzi Effect. I, I could already tell you guys are liking it just through the... I could fucking see the glare on the screen. It's a good <laughs> one. So, um, yeah, check him out. Um, thank you for being here. And um, that's it. We're going to go see Prometheus. 
And uh, keep the downloads coming, everybody. Until uh, next week, episode 66, I will talk to you guys then.